0: sheer walls. The guard who had brought them to the spot had vanished indoors again sharpish. In place of a hearse, the undertaker had provided a pale blue van, pot marked with rust. It carried a cheap, plain coffin, since nobody reckoned much would remain of the original. Twenty years back, Joseph Blay had been hanged not fifty yards away, one of the last men to be executed in Scotland. Rebus had been shown the hanging shed on a previous visit to the prison. It was still, he'd been informed, in full working order, should capital punishment make a comeback. The digger scraped at the ground again, and this time threw up some long splinters of wood. One of the workmen gestured for the driver to lift the arm away before climbing into the hole, accompanied, with some apparent reluctance, by his younger colleague. As they worked with their pickaxes, More of the coffin was revealed, some sections intact. There was no smell at all, not that Rebus could pick up. The first he saw of Joseph Blay was a shank of hair with a skull below. The fresh coffin had been produced from the back of the van. Nobody was here to loiter. Blay wore a dark suit. Rebus didn't know what he'd expected from the exhumation. Worms emerging from eye sockets, maybe, or the stench of putrefaction. He had been stealing himself all morning for going breakfast and lunch, so there'd be nothing for him to bring up. But all he was looking at was a skeleton in a cheap suit, resembling the prop from some medical student's prank. Afternoon, Joe," Gilmer said, giving a little salute. After a few more minutes, the workmen were ready to lift the body. Blaze trousers and suit jacket seemed stuck to the ground beneath, but eventually came free. The remains were treated with neither great reverence nor any disrespect. The deceased was a job, and that job would be carried out with brisk efficiency before any of the living participants froze to death. What's that? Rebus asked, nodding towards the hole. Gilmore narrowed his eyes, then clambered into the trench, crouching to pick up a pocket watch and a chain. Probably in his jacket, he said offering his free hand to Rebus so he could be helped back up. The lid had already been placed in the new coffin and it was being loaded into the van. Where will he end up? Rebus asked. Gilmore shrugged. Nowhere worse than this, he offered, returning the sombre stare of one of the old lags at a second-storey window. Hard to disagree, Rebus said. The digger's engine had started up again. There was a hole to be refilled. At a pub near Haymarket Station, Gilmer ordered Irish coffees. The coffee was instant and the cream UHT. But with an extra slug of grouse in each mug, it might just do the job. There was no fire as such, but radiator pipes hissed away under the row of bench seats so that they sat side by side and slurped. Rebus had lit a cigarette and could feel his whole face tingling as he began to thaw. Remind me. He said eventually, what the hell just happened? That's how they did it back then, Gilmer obliged. When you were hanged, you went to a grave inside the prison grounds. Joseph Blake killed a man who owed him money, went to his house and stabbed him, found guilty and sentenced to the scaffold. And this was in 63, Gilmer nodded. Twenty years back, Charlie Cruikshank was in charge of the case. He's dead now too. Heart attack a couple of years ago. I've heard of him. Taught me everything I know. Man was a legend in the Edinburgh police. Did he attend the execution? Gilmore nodded again. He always did. When he used to talk about them, you could tell he thought we'd made a big mistake doing away with them. Not that he thought it was a deterrent. I've not met many killers who paused beforehand to consider the consequences. So for him, it was, what, a vengeance sort of thing? Well, it stopped them getting into any more bother, didn't it? And it saved all of us the cost of their upkeep in the nick. I suppose. Gilmer drained his glass and told Rebus it was his round. Same again? Aye, but without the coffee and the cream, Gilmer responded with a wink. When Rebus returned from the bar with her whiskies, he saw that Gilmer was playing with the pocket watch trying to prise it open. I thought you handed it over, Rebus commented.